Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. We're Carol and David, and we're so excited to welcome you to our podcast. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are, and you know we love talking and learning everything about and related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. And we love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown, and we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex, because great sex matters, and we all deserve it. We sure do. And most of you already know that we are here at the beautiful Hito 2 Resort on the Grill Beach in Jamaica. We've been here since January 15th. That's it. We got away from winter. We're hanging out naked here safely with all our friends, everybody who's texted negative before they had to arrive at the resort. The sun and the beach are amazing for our soul. And we're enjoying all of it right here and now and eating some amazing Jamaican and Caribbean food. What about drinking, David? I'm not drinking. You know that. You know that. We've been having some great sex. (laughs) Let's get into uh, what the show's about today. So have you ever wondered why we practice monogamy when marriages are breaking down more today than ever before? Is the key to a successful marriage sexual variety? Perhaps swinging with different partners can help keep it spicy for some couples. On today's show, we're going to be dissecting the ideas of promiscuity, sexual desire, and fidelity as presented in the book Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan and Casilda Jetta. And we're going to discuss how those ideas might explain the growing trends towards the swinging lifestyle. I think we know a little bit about the swinging lifestyle, so it should be a great discussion. But first, let's take a moment to talk about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we are so excited to welcome back today's special guests. We have Kim and Brad from Tantric Hearts. And they're international tantric instructors, sex educators, or sex edutainers, as they prefer to be called. And they've been teaching classes here at Hedonism Resorts for the past 21 years. How could they be doing that? They both look so young. I know. They look 21 already. Incredible. They fuck like young rabbits, too. (laughs) We've seen them in their workshops. But, guys, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. We know you have your workshops every day at 3.33. And it's always a pleasure to not only have you on our show, but to be in person, face-to-face with you guys. Thank you, Carol and David. We love being here and um, enjoy the people here in, in Jamaica and hedonism. And we just... That's what makes it so special. The energy of the couples that come here every year and the way they're willing to share that energy. Oh, yes. yes. Sharing mm. is caring. <laughs> yes, so indeed. why don't you just remind everybody about Tantric Hearts and the types of classes that you do here at Hedo? Well, we have been teaching, like we said, 21 years here. Um, we've been doing several different classes. Um, well, you know, we prefer to call them play shops. Ah, you're right, classes yes. Because they're a lot more fun than a workshop. <laughs> and there's a lot less instruction and more exploration and mm-hmm. experiential play. But you do learn a lot. Uh, there's some new techniques or maybe some old techniques we revisit. Some tips and tricks and... I know we went to the workshop and uh, Carol took good care of my tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yes, my squirting? And yes. all that uh, sexual <laughs> positioning, uh-huh. keeping mm-hmm. your cock in your uh-huh. pussy and moving in 45 different things. I mean, Brad, I don't know how you do it. I guess it's lots of practice, but 
you know, when I sneeze, my cock falls out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, don't sneeze, honey. That's sneeze, all. Exactly. Well, for the Tantra week that we're here, we basically offer six different play shops. Uh, drive you wild. We start the week with a blindfolded play and end it with the... Oh, about 30 of the 252 positions of the Kama Sutra. And in They're the most confusing ones. I don't know how you do one after the other after the other. <laughs> without falling out, Oh, falling no, without kicking your neighbor. That's <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Either kicking no. David in the head or kicking my neighbor across the or way. getting a toe in the eye. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting that nobody wears stilettos in your classes. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, since we were chatting with you when you first arrived, you were telling us about this book that you've been reading, and I thought it was very fascinating, and it might be a very good source of discussion. So we are going to be looking at the book called Sex at Dawn, and it's written by Christopher Ryan and Casilda Jatta, and we hope that um, we can open up a discussion for other people to be considering sexuality and, the al- and an alternative view to the evolution of our sexual behavior. What's so what? Tell us a little bit about why you started reading this book. It was actually a gift someone gave to me, um, and whenever I started reading it, it really is a great, a great eye opener. Huh? Yeah, it's definitely an eye opener, and being able to um, that monogamy is not necessarily our natural state. Yeah. yeah. So it's a different point of view about monogamy and why it doesn't work and maybe why promiscuity and cheating still exists in society today when we know mm-hmm. that's the downfall of our marriages in many, many cases, and yet we still do it. What's very interesting is we had Roger Nygaard on an earlier show this year, and he did a whole documentary called The Truth About Marriage, and the author of the book, Ryan, was... Um, who, who wrote Sex at Dawn was one of the experts that he interviewed for the documentary and I, I invite everybody to go watch the, um, the documentary on, I think it was on Prime, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. It's really, really well done. He ca- follows some couples and some experts have insight into um, really the truth about marriage and they do get into um, monogamy and non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as one of the most social of all the primates, humans, uh, not only are extremely gregarious by nature, but we're a prim- we're the primate with the largest penis and testicles, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of supports the idea that we're here for for pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And women, of course, have the wonderful clitoris, which we know is not just that button that no. we see, but of course, an internal organ, almost as much um, uh, tissue. Erectile as the, as the tissue penis. as, as the, the penis. penis. But it's, very it's only purpose it. is pleasure. Only purpose is pleasure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you get, get lots of right. pleasure from <laughs> your clit, which is what, three inches, mm-hmm. four and, inches and long? Yeah. Absolutely. Recent studies of non swingers 39% of the husbands and 27% of the wives admitted to cheating in, 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 the first ma- in a first marriage. And we're seeing first marriages with divorce rates about 60%. So there's a volume of evidence between that and the and the biological evidence and the the uh, evolutionary evidence we have of our nature right. our historical nature right. we are a gregarious uh, primate Sex- who love to have sexual let's go into that the beginning yeah, exactly. of the book so the idea number one that we're going to present here is that when we go back to the beginning of our ancestors our human ancestor they lived in small hypersexual communities where casual sex was the norm it, it had to be the norm if you're in a, a foraging group and you're you can't carry possessions because you're foraging you're traveling what, whatever you gather to eat, you have to share with the rest of the group or the group doesn't survive. Mm-hmm. And you can't survive alone. You need the, the, the safety of the, the group. So everybody is trusting and sharing. Well, they share everything. Mm-hmm. They, they share, share the shelter and food and, and sex. Sexual, sexual pleasure. <laughs> exactly. You know, we share sexual pleasure with our friends too. And I find this so intriguing because some of the things that in the swinging lifestyle I can relate to and we do trust our friends when we share our partner, right? We sharing our partner, our, I'm not going to say our most valued possession, but certainly the person that we love Hold the most. Their. Yes. And yet we share that person and their sexual experiences with others in the tribe, the swinger tribe. It takes a lot of trust to, to do that kind mm-hmm. of sharing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, 
the world has changed from before religion and before um, you know society become a lot became a lot more um, organized where like Brad was saying you know everybody shared everything and the goal the ultimate goal was survival absolutely in, in that egalitarian societies where we had small enough groups to right. be able to maintain that trust very easily mm-hmm. it worked and then our population grew and darn it we needed to raise enough food to feed everybody and with groups over a couple of hundred people it's kind of hard to really know if you can trust everyone because I can't see that far right. I don't know what's going on so right. now I build all these weird structures like social contracts such as marriage and right, and we're going to get into all of that after. let's kind of follow the ideas yeah. that are presented in the book because that's our final conclusion of whether it works or doesn't work I guess the next point that's discovered in the book or discussed in the book is um, about sexual promiscuity and it's how sexual promiscuity helped our ancestors to actually survive because sharing fatherhood amongst the group was how they strengthened the groups. Mm-hmm. It takes a village. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And that's still a saying today. It takes a village to raise a child, yes, right? Yes. So fatherhood, um, it's important that they shared that. So that and, and why paternity was so important at, at that time and why is it important today? Uh, then it, was, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it wasn't as important, important at all. Because everyone shared in the, in the raising of the child. And so you didn't have to be concerned over whose it was. They didn't really know who the baby daddy was, right? They knew mm-hmm. who the playmates were, the good possibilities perhaps, but nobody really had the possession of a child as to, they knew it was the mother's, of course, because it came out of her womb, but they didn't really know who the father was. And, and I guess it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. What's very interesting is um, uh, Terry Gould wrote the book, The Lifestyle. And in his book, he, he traces the lifestyle way back to where it started. And it started in the military. And the reason it started in the military way, way back was because the families supported families. And if someone went out on a mission and didn't come back, well, someone had to take care of the wife. The wife and the children. And it was just the thing you did because the the military, even though it's massive today, um, is still a a very tight-knit community, small units that take care of each other. You know, they call it, watch out for my six, right? (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So you're right, that is definitely a very cool analogy as well to this Mm -hmm. whole point in the book that's talking about promiscuity. Neuroscience finds that when you have small groups that do uh, ritualized things like marching and chanting and things over and over again they build a social connection mm-hmm. that is a bond almost like sex mm-hmm. and they become very close-knit family so that's how that military small Mentality, military yeah. groups are very much like a very strong family and they tie. watch out for each other and yes. you know in the swing community we watch out for each other you know, yes, we go into orgies and we can have 10, 15, 20 people, but not only are you watching out for Kim or Kim is watching out for you or Carol's watching out for me, but in the collective of people working out there, nobody's going to allow someone to do something that they know isn't right. Or is going to harm somebody. I know, I feel very safe right. here. Mm-hmm. Very safe. And that's why, you know... A few years ago when the Me Too movement came out and it was all about respect and consent, Swingers said, well, no shit. We've, We've been, been doing, doing that, that for a long time, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's just how um, good, solid communities who understand the rules get along. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when these promiscuous tribes, groups, whatever they were in our ancestors, when they were having sex with multiple people and that oxytocin comes out, of course, when you have sex, that's giving you that bonding feeling already, right? And mm-hmm. it could be love, it could not necessarily be love, but it gives you a bonding feeling that you feel comfortable with that person. Mm-hmm. Yes, and when every male in the tribe is committed to the survival and the rearing of every child in there, because any one of them could be his, then you have a really strong connective bond. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the third idea that we're going to discuss right now is going to be about like you said, Brad, earlier, once the tribe got so big and we had to feed the population, the invention of agriculture caused sexual expression and, and freedom of expression to be severely limited. Oh, yeah. Well, f- 
women became property too. I mean, yeah. that that mm-hmm. that was one of the unfortunate consequences of this because, because they lost their role as foragers it was the women who were the foragers and the men were the, the only hunters, role right? left to them was caregiver for the children and, and home builder if yeah. you will since we're no longer nomadic right and foragers. they and once they built their homes they had a possession mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they um, to protect it they yeah. had to protect it they protected their wives now they needed to know who their kids were and the kids had to help on the farm and it became their own little family versus that big community where everybody trusted everybody. Absolutely. And they were saying that you know agriculture fosters possessiveness, and that's the thing that causes jealousy and greed. Mm-hmm. What need do you have for jealousy and greed when you're a egalitarian foraging group of 50 people and you share everything, mm-hmm. including sex partners? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, greed has no place. Mm-hmm. And when you have ownership and prosperity, that leads to the rich versus the poor. Mm-hmm. And then now it's even more important to know who is your neighbor and who is your family. So we went from a completely equal, egalitarian, beautiful, peaceful society to one that now has haves and have-nots, right. has women considered uh, their sexual reproduction as a, a commodity and they're considered property. Uh, yes, uh, Agriculture, the advent of agriculture and possession sure kind of screwed us up, didn't it? Yeah, I guess. And of course, all of these things led to hunger for some. And then, of course, war for those who wanted to gain more possession and overcome those that have too much. And we're always trying to equal it out. So that's what the base cause of, cause of war is anyways. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're having a a great discussion here. We're just going to take a second and we're going to do a shout out to one of our sponsors. We're going to be right back after this. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and we're talking with sex educators Kim and Brad from Tantric Hearts. Stay right here. We won't be long. So, you know, people have been asking us what's changed after four years of doing the podcast. Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. Alrighty, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're having a great discussion about Sex at Dawn, an amazing book. We're sitting here chatting with sex educators Kim and Brad from Tantric Hearts in the dining room of the beautiful Hedonism 2 Resort in Jamaica. And we really think it's an interesting book that Kim brought to our attention when we first had our chat when they arrived here. And it just brought up so much conversation that I thought was really worthy of discussing this on air. I'm fascinated by this anthropological look at how we have evolved as humans sexually. And I think it's super, super exciting and interesting. The next idea that they had in the book was about women's sexual hunger. And they're saying that it was less than men or seemed to be less than men, but that's not what they're talking about at dawn is because back then it seems that their sexual hunger was as great and even more complex than that of men. What do you think, Kim? Mine was definitely very, very high. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> and complex, I'm and sure, right? Complex, there you definitely. go. But, but why do you think in today's world perception is that men have a larger sexual appetite than women do? I guess because 
in our society in our culture it's shamed upon if Mm. the female is too gregarious or if she likes it too much. Or if she likes it too much. Yes. yes. We, sub- we subjugate women's Contain sexual it. desire, mm-hmm. basically. How but wrong why, is that? Why do you think it's for women and not men? Why, why do you think there's that dichotomy? Again, putting women down, keeping them in their place, as they have for so yeah. many hundreds of years. Or is that years? macho thing for men where, you know, they want to still be they that rah, be rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to be the top. <laughs> is it, it testosterone-driven, do you think, Brad? That may have something to do with it. I think it's inherent in the structure that... As the they pointed out in the book, that agricultural had us demand this structure to protect the property, to protect the lineage, and to guarantee uh, fatherhood, uh, paternity. So all of that, yeah, all of that led to subjugating women, right? But it, it's 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 so cool looking at this book that talks about monogamy and non-monogamy where we are in society today and where we live in the swinger community because in the swinger community it's the woman that drives she's allowed saying i want to have great sex i want to have sexual pleasure it's really not the guy that drives it and it's just like the swinging community is what um, the book is talking about from hundreds of years ago. I know that's why I, I see that a I, lot. You know, yes, that's the exactly female right. is amazing. I, yeah. I found it so intriguing. The female is the one who guides it. Was, yes. what, wasn't it funny the po- point they made about how women's orgasmic screams yeah. were part of our uh, in- heritage? Yeah, yeah. that they calling were ways, new partners. Yeah, <laughs> that's a way, exactly ways right. in the egalitarian group for a woman to let. All the males in the group know that she's ready and, you know. And she's horny and she wants more sex. Uh-huh. And that promiscuity was all a, was all a good thing, mm-hmm. right? It was being good. There was no slut shaming back then. But no. <laughs> Kim, do you believe women are more complex than men sexually in terms of their desires and their needs? They can be, but I think men also have their complexities too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Babe, what do you think? No, I'm pretty sure that women's uh, sexual drive is more complex than men because men have automatic hard-ons. I'm not saying every single time yeah. where women need that arousal time. It doesn't automatically come. So I, I think it is more complicated when you have to get that arousal started when that's what men don't understand that we might not feel aroused at the moment. But it takes some time and it can happen and maybe it doesn't happen. So I think it is a little bit more complex complex it just takes a little longer sometimes for the female but if the guys know that then they can cater to that education now kim one of your workshops um is all about the woman Mm -hmm. just take a couple of minutes now about tell us a little bit about that workshop and how you make the guy Remember, he's got to slow everything down because it does take longer to arouse the woman. Mm-hmm. So we have several of them that are basically focusing on the the female, and the guys become the healers, and also you know, they also give the pleasure uh, in the goddess spot or G spot massage class. Women can sometimes hold emotional traumas in their vaginal tissues, and so in the class we share with the guys how they can help to release those energies that makes her even more fully sexual and so that's a very good class for the woman being able to receive and to be more fully sexual one of the things we learned in your classes is nothing happens quickly you don't get into your class the guy gets hard and it's like okay now put it in her pussy everything is about building up that arousal building up the excitement and the fucking and the cock and the pussy, or it's, it's like at the end. It's 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 not it's not the and meal. It doesn't even have to be. It's not. Right? It's not that 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 fuck that come is the cherry, the sprinkles on top of mm-hmm. the sundae, mm-hmm. and everything else is building up to it. Mm-hmm. Our very first class is the drive you wild with desire, which is the blindfolded play, and you start with sound, then smell, then taste, then touch. Then you get into the explosion. Right. Yes. And sound, as we were talking about the, the woman's uh, orgasmic call, we, we uh, tell everyone that 
your neighbors should know when to be jealous. (laughs) They should know when you're having a great time. And maybe you're calling them over and maybe you're not, but they should know that it's time to be jealous of. You know, I learned about great sex after I met David. As a lot of people know, I did not have a good uh, sexual uh, marriage, my first marriage. And one of the things that I guess was I could note the most besides learning how to squirt with David is that I actually let out those sounds now, and I never, Yay. ever, ever did. Well, it's just something now. He says, I'm a screamer. I'm there. I'm proud to be a screamer. That's okay to can, be a screamer. It can double, triple, ten yes. times your best ever. And what did you learn about slowing things down? Well, I mean, slowing things down. I like quickies. I'm not going to say I like them all the time, but because I have a partner who's so very patient, he keeps reminding me to slow everything down. But so when I take my time and tease your pussy and your vulva and your clit and get all the blood flowing down there and your clit gets erect and it might take 5 or 10 or 15 minutes don't you orgasms become more intense and longer yeah absolutely and I have no problem but in my head you know sometimes I don't have that time to spend I want that quickie it's, 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 and that's this, okay too it's a spin dry wash cycle <laughs> world we live in everything's gotta happen fast 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 but you know what you have a great point there if the guys spend some time with what I call um, perineal massage, just massaging down there, okay, she has a lot of erectile tissue right. in her vulva. Well, of course, in her areola and, and, and nipples, in her lips on her face, but also the vulva and the, uh, all around her vagina. There's a lot of erectile tissue there. So the more you massage and tease and play before you go after it, the more... Uh, full, she will. We call it the puffy, right? Puffy mm-hmm. pussy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a real phenomenon, and you want to encourage it because that puffiness means she has increased sensitivity, mm-hmm. and she's going to have a bigger and better mm-hmm. orgasm because of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm just riding you, or if I've attacked you, and I decide I just want to sit on your cock and and just ride it, I'm not necessarily going to have the biggest orgasm, and I know it, but that's another sensation altogether, just because that's just something different. Another experience. Yes, it doesn't mean I have to have that beautiful, full, puffy pussy every single time. Absolutely, and you know, that's a great concept of you taking control, of mm-hmm. you getting on my cock to ride me, and I know you get to grind your clit. And a great visual, too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's really you being in charge, mm-hmm. and for me, it's a big turn-on. And um, there's just so many, you know, getting back to women being more um, into being sexually complex. Um, I, I don't think fundamentally they are. I think society has taught them that they shouldn't be. Hmm. And even when, going back to the book, when they talk about the next idea, which is about our closest primates, that those relatives displayed social and sexual behaviors similar to humans. But the note that they made, which I find very interesting, and it's just a continuum of this, is that for chimps and bonobos, females have the highest status, and they have orgasms and oral sex, and they kiss. Isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. that our closest ancestors the bonobos and the chimps do exactly that i think mm-hmm. that's just fascinating i we had this discussion the other day um i don't know how it came up but we always make a point to talk about sex on a regular basis and i said you know a lot of animals have sex well every animal has sex <laughs> every sexual animal has sex Okay, you needed to correct me on that? Sorry. That's good. This is not real life. You don't have to correct me on the show. I love you, honey. I love you. I love you. Okay, I love you too. But I I asked the question, because Carol, um, by trade, is a scientist. And I asked her, I said, do you think animals give blowjobs, lick pussy, play with their breasts, or kiss? And we really didn't know the answer. And then we started looking into yes, the book. Yes, indeed. And, right. and these guys do give blowjobs and kiss. Lots of animals do. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's pleasure. sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we tell our kids all these lies like, stop that. We don't lick right. people. 
right? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, we do. <laughs> we love licking people. Well, don't bite. Well, yeah. maybe you should bite. Maybe them. you should bite. <laughs> a little nibble's okay. No, that's very in, in, funny. In some cultures, uh, I think it mentioned it in this book or another. I was reading that in some cultures they have um, dormitories for teenagers to explore their sexuality because they are so flooded with hormones mm-hmm. that if they don't have safe ways to release them, they release them in very unhealthy right. and unsafe ways, right. including uh, sex shaming of others and right. other, Bullying, other yeah. very mm-hmm. negative ways. Mm-hmm. 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 And of course, I mean, we want our kids to grow up normal. We don't want them to be outcasts of society. So we do teach them to do that in private, which, which is fine. I mean, we, we never tell our kids don't masturbate. Of course, masturbation is natural. Um, but, you know, not in front of the TV when your sister's walking into the room. Please just don't do that. It's right. not necessary. But and there's so many segments of our population that discourage and even shame young adults and teens about masturbation yeah. and say that it's evil or wrong. Yeah. That is so stressful because it's so against our nature. And right. it's so natural just to feel that pleasure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That that sexual release when you orgasm is very healthy. I think one of the best things that you can do as a partner is to have your partner watch you masturbate and take notes. We do it all Because they will learn so much. We learned that from you. We do. When Carol had her foot surgery last year and she couldn't do anything for like two months, we would masturbate. She would masturbate herself. I would do me. Sometimes she'd lean over. But a lot of times I would just watch her sitting there. And what is she doing with her clit, with her pussy, with her inner thighs, where her fingers going? How is she playing with her nipples? And I learned. And, And... you and know, you'll notice when their when their breathing changes yeah, and the of tone of their moans and mm-hmm. and, and, the, the and, and as a guy you don't get that when you're fucking her because all you're worried about is staying in and keeping the rhythm going and you're not seeing what's going on in the other um, parts of her body so it, it's, it's such a great experience and we learned that from you guys uh, last year when you were on our show take notes sit there yeah. and take notes and I actually Work. learned a lot of new ways to masturbate during that time when I had my feet up I felt like Fred Flintstone with my feet out of the out of the sheets in the bed but I learned lots of different ways to masturbate including some soft 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 touch barely just touching but keeping the rhythm and you're you're not even just Kim loves this little touch where I I was described to me like pretend that there is a bubble of saliva on the head of her clitoris and you're going to move it with your tongue without breaking it Uh Mm -hmm. in a little circle Uh all the way around the Uh head of her clit Uh uh-huh now do that 15 that or so 20 hot. times yeah. <laughs> and Kim with smiling. the lightest of touch right. it drives her crazy right mm-hmm. I know there's so many ways you can touch your clit that I learned so much about that during this particular forced <laughs> masturbation situation <laughs> David was very very patient with me but mm-hmm. yes absolutely it was very intriguing yeah. Carol um, found out that the above part of her clit is very sensitive as well we used to always play on the left on the right and below and now I go over it with my tongue, especially with my flat tongue, and get the whole clit from the bottom and lick all the way up, and it drives her wild. That's normally when she has her orgasm, when I'm paying more attention to the top and a couple of fingers inside, and you've had some massive Mm -hmm. orgasms lately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think the body changes. Have you found that, Kim? Yes. The body changes over time, and so we always have to rediscover our own body. Exactly. And I think that's amazing, too. And you just keep playing until you find what you like. The next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I found a finger in her ass is not what she likes. (laughs) (laughs) Very quickly. (laughs) But honey, a finger in your ass you do like. That's a whole other story. We're talking about you now. (laughs) The next idea in the book that's presented is that the human male's general anatomy reveals that we evolved in a competitive mating system. And I find that so intriguing because like Brad said earlier that men, human men, have the most, the biggest genitals. So they, they like, it's big. It's obvious. It's there. But is that why we get so many dick pics on social media? Is that from the ancestral need to show us your dick? Come yeah. on. Yes. That's what we, came to my mind right away. Well, we're, we're preeners and we, you know, we're, we're peacocking. Uh-huh. Cocking for <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'm going to send you unsolicited dick pics just because I've got a penis. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have an AWC, um, that average white cock, Mm -hmm. and uh, nobody's asking to see mine. Nobody asks. The thing is that these these are unsolicited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I sent mine out, it would be rejected, deleted very quickly. (laughs) Yeah, well. You know, I'm very lucky that I have a very um, beautiful wife who's very appreciative. I 
love my your AWC. Cock, baby. I love your cock. It's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more. I like I like trying other cocks, but yours is perfect for you me. You like trying my cock with another cock in your pussy I the do. other day. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Double yes, vag yes, was, yes. was hot. So what do you think about that idea that we Double have? Double vag? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, that too. That men have such... Both our cocks were competing for one pussy. <laughs> there you and go. we got them both in. <laughs> Yeah, but you do both. And we're come. made for competing, also right. in in the way uh, the, the 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 way the actual f- function works. We actually suck out the previous. Oh, I semen see. Yeah, that's interesting, and, and right? F- and force ours in. That's why it's so long. And the foreskin works also to work as kind of like a um, O-ring, and it suctions out the the other guy's stuff and puts our junk in there mm-hmm. it's called <laughs> double I, dipping right now i read that also in the book but I, one of the things i have read recently is that the egg itself in the end has the final say into whose sperm is going to be allowed in yes. and not allowed in so whether it was um guy one two three or four when she's like calling everyone to come and mate with her uh, and some get pulled out, some get pulled in, and there's a mixture that finally get to that ovum. Well, hopefully, mine's well <laughs> represented in the mix, so I have a good chance. That's, right, then that's all I can hope for. Beautiful eyes, just like you. There Your you eyes are. Stunning. I just have to say that at this point in my life, I hope none of mine get through. Well, do you have any swimmers? No, anymore? my no. doctor who did my vasectomy did a great job. Exactly. You know, I, I, I have never had better, better sex since I had my vasectomy and I couldn't imagine we'll have to do a vasectomy show later but I have an, uh, an interesting story I got to watch mine and he asked her if she wanted to do the other side because oh. he heard she had a snip? biology yeah. degree did you snip? I didn't oh, know oh you didn't oh, know but I can't because if it had gone wrong you would have been I'd playing. have been in trouble yes I can't imagine being in the lifestyle and not having had a vasectomy mm-hmm. it's got to be that there's got to be some mind traffic mm-hmm. up there in the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. you know we all, we all play safely, right? We play with condoms, we play with lube. We women are either on the pill or or are using other contraceptive methods. But I know that I don't have to worry about something oopsing and happening and creating a baby. Right. right. So we're both baby safe. Yeah. And we have. I mean, you have a lot of crap that goes through your head on a regular basis. But right. imagine if imagine you were still if I had fertile. To worry about that. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be hard. Well, for the younger swimmer, swingers out there, they got to do that. They just got to deal with it, right? Because, mm-hmm. well, menopause has its benefits. But I actually, um, I got my tubes tied after my third baby, so I'm I've been baby safe for a long, long, long time. Great. Wow, this has been an amazing segment talking about the book, talking about the clitoris, talking about orgasms, talking about double vag penetration. Just keep wow, going. Wow, yes. Finger in your ass. <laughs> that too. Yours. Let's Mine. just remind everybody that this is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and Dave. We're having an amazing discussion with uh, sexutainers, uh, Kim and Brad from Tantric Hearts. And coming up next is our favorite part of the show. It's called Great Sex Matters. But first, a shout out to another one of our sponsors. Stay right there. How cool is it that our next sponsor is Hedonism? And we are here right now. And... Um, we're just going to invite everybody to come down here. We're here till March 26th. We've escaped winter. We're broadcasting on location. Sometimes we do it naked. Today we're in the dining room where you cannot be naked. Um, so come on down. Join us for a week. You can even be a guest on one of our podcasts. We've been doing a whole bunch of segments about the 40 years of Hito. Hito's been here for, um, they're celebrating their 40th anniversary later this year. So we're trying to get a whole bunch of history put together. And it's just an amazing place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, we feel safe, even with COVID, all the protocols that are here, the safety protocols. We watch people sterilizing chairs and tables and everything all day long. Everything's staying nice wearing and clean. Masks. Wearing masks everywhere where people gather near the food, etc. Everybody we, here gets tested midweek, I too. I know, right? right? So yeah. tested before you arrive, tested before you depart, and there's been this great... And we're out in the sun building good vitamin D all day uh-huh. long. Absolutely. Yeah, we love all of that so if you have a chance come on down join us and we're going to be here at the most sexiest and most erotic resort in the world absolutely all right that was a great shout out to hito mm-hmm. hey dermot how are you <laughs> camille we uh chat with dermot every week we do a hito headline show and um, if you want to know what's going on at the resort just click on that episode there's always the most recent information going on all right 
This is a sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and now it's time for one of our favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about great sex because, well, great sex matters, and of course, we all deserve it. And you know, we're discussing the book Sex at Dawn, and we're adding our little uh, our input, our opinions, and just uh, some fun anecdotes, I guess it might be. Um, but the tro- That's a the, big word. The topic of conversation, I think, is fascinating when we talk about the history of our, the evolution of our sexuality, and especially when we talk with beautiful, smart people like you two of you who contribute to the <coughs> conversation. Oh, I'm here too. Yes, I know, love you. Okay. I love you. <laughs> Am I beautiful? You're absolutely Sexy? beautiful. Yes. How did you forget? I didn't forget you. Well, you mentioned them and not I me. know, because I was looking forward and I saw them right here in you front of me. You do that again, I'm going to tell a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So one of the next points that comes up in the book is that women today still display behavior that suggests that the ans- our ancestors had sex with many males in quick succession. And Brad mentioned that one of those things is the big and loud moaning, the calling for partners to come and fuck me. I love that. And are you a screamer, Kim? I'm definitely a screamer. I cannot hold it back. Have you always been a screamer? (laughs) Always. There you go. Always. Okay. Yeah. So now you know where that comes from, our ancestors screaming for more, more, more. It makes sense. (laughs) When you do your workshops, do you encourage women to be vocal? I know, um, you know, a big part of your world is Tantra and it's Mm -hmm. about the different senses. Um, is being vocal one of those things that you teach women and men to do? Definitely. Uh, We definitely encourage everyone to make, that's one of the five keys to bigger and better orgasms, is making sounds and making those yummy sounds. And it encourages and communicates with your partner, too, what you like and what you don't like. And it's natural, right? It it comes out naturally. It's not like you're trying to sound like a porn star. It just comes out that way. And what are those five things? Without getting into super detail, because your workshop takes five days, but <laughs> we, we only have a few minutes, but, but just the go five over them keys briefly. To a bigger orgasm. So, sound is number one, movement, breath, intention, and being in present moment. Those mm-hmm. are the five keys. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about being in present moment mm-hmm. because we just did a bunch of stuff on mindfulness and we can't talk enough about being in the present moment mm-hmm. and this, this brain traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, present moment. If you're thinking about the past, you're missing out on the joy of now. If you're thinking about the to-do list, you're still missing out on the joy of right now. So being in present moment is where you want to be. How how do you get there? How do you clear your brain? How do you focus on what's going on right now? I use my breath. Mm. Yeah. Taking deep breaths or shallow breaths? Long, slow, deep breaths to get focused. And come up with an intention that and when you're trying to I'm build the be energy, in present moment. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to build that sexual when energy, you might breathe faster and through the mouth. But when you're building it slow, or when you're trying to reach a plateau, you're gonna take it and slow that breath down. A I get bit. it. I get it. Okay, that's in when you're right there. Mm-hmm. But Kim, yes. your day is going on. Um, your cable went down Netflix isn't working uh, Brad is doing something stupid he's on a ladder where um, he hasn't s- suspended it properly um, there's a whole bunch of shit going on in the house um, the groceries have to be gotten how do you how do you clear that out so you get into that moment masturbate <laughs> wow that's a very good advice alright what is your wipe ki- the slate clean. what does your kitchen look like <laughs> So, so mas- no, masturbation allows you breathe. to clear your mind. Breathe. Could you do that? Mm-hmm. No, because I need to clear my mind in order to masturbate. I oh. get. I know no, that. See? That was my right? question. Yeah. yeah. Well, in but that you are going to be breathing and. But is there a discipline of just letting go? I know some yes. some people can't because I can't. I can't leave the crap hanging around. I have to pick it up right then and there. But if you learn and you practice leaving it alone going and masturbating and coming back with a different attitude and then you'll look at it totally differently (laughs) right I can imagine one of the things we teach in our practice Tantra is a form of yoga and in all yogic practices meditation which is nothing more than intense relaxation through focus okay so you can focus on a flame you can focus on a point on the wall, a spot on the wall, or a mandala, or a, a you know a sacred symbol, or you can focus on your clitoris, mm-hmm. or your mm-hmm. penis, mm-hmm. or your partner's clitoris, or your partner's penis. Mm-hmm. 
any point that you can use as an anchor for your focus becomes a way to relax. Because now you can tune out the monkey mind that was thinking about the laundry that needs to be done, the kids that need to be picked up, this that needs to be done, the podcast that needs to be writ- script needs to be written, and this and that and that. And you can't. But if you focus, if you touch it, if you bring your conscious mind into that one thing instead of letting it free uh, associate and start picking up garbage from everywhere. Right, and I've heard the, the term coming out of your head and into your body yes. and mm-hmm. focusing on your body and the physicality of the body, mm-hmm. the touch, the pleasure. Um, that definitely is something that would apply to me, right? That's Absolutely. what I need to do. Your, your head is like a magnet. It attracts all the busyness in the world and you need to like get the polarity changed. Yes, exactly. 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 And I just want to go back to the original point that we started this segment with because it's all about great sex. And we said that the sound, which we mm-hmm. talked about, which is what they found that women back then, our ancestor women had, that was one of the signs that they were calling for, for multiple males. But also the fact that we can have multiple orgasms is one of the signs that we were very promiscuous and had multiple partners because one of the functions of an orgasm and the contraction is to propel the sperm towards the ovum and so the fact that we can have multiple orgasms is just proof in the pudding that we had lots of sex partners it supports that you know that pleasure because it's giving us that pleasure having more partners would support that <laughs> and guys can rarely go more than once because after we sp- our load we have a cascade of hormone changes that make us want to go to sleep so we can build up another load of sperm right and while we well, toss you out you yeah, go to your refractory and, and now period. you're screaming that to announce that you're ready and you're multi- ready for the next wave of orgasm well that's ready for the next partner because i'm spent yeah okay. exactly then that's so proof that's, that there's yeah. multiple partners yeah. That's evidence enough for me. I, Makes sense. Again, back to the swinging lifestyle. I know. The moresomes right? and foursomes and moresomes right? and orgies. You know, guy goes, he comes, Carol's had her orgasm, another one comes in, and it just keeps going until I can come back, and it might be, you know, a half an hour later, but women can have those multiple orgasms for hours. And even with the five keys that you talked about, once women get into it, I feel that it propagates after that, right? So it's the getting into it that I have the issue going from my head into my body. But once I get started, I'm not going to say there's no stopping because there is an energy level too, but (laughs) definitely. So I like this next point because the book talks about the idea that true love means lifelong monogamy is a source of despair. A lot of people confuse love and lust. And they think that true love or this monogamous relationship is the only thing that they can have. Whereas sex is different from love. Right. And yes, you, like we say in, our, in a swinging lifetime, we are mono- uh, emotionally, emotionally monogamous. monogamous. But we like to have different partners in the swinging lifestyle. So that way, um, we are getting that variety that we talked about earlier on. Yes, unfortunately, I think in, in recent history, we've demonized our desires. And lust being one of our unconscious desires. And the unconscious mind, by the way, has about 100,000 times more processing power than the conscious mind. So while we think of our, our view of reality as mostly our conscious mind, it's not. It's mostly our unconscious mind filtered through the conscious mind that shapes our reality. So all of these lustful desires for multiple partners and our true nature and who we are is mostly residing in our unconscious mind, which we have little control over. So why harm our partners and demonize them and make them feel like they're, they're wrong in some way for feeling quite normal desires by a part of their brain they have no conscious control over to begin with? Right. That seems so unhealthy. Right. And the Horribly. average Joe doesn't understand that you can be and have true love with your partner even when you have sex with others. How can you share the thing you love the most and and still say, I'm in love? That's what they don't understand, right? But that absolutely can happen. 
sex is a is a physical act absolutely love is an emotional state of being that involves a lot of different parts of the brain and it's it's a part of it's a way of being it's not a mental state it, it's it's a way of being that involves multiple mental states and and uh, cognitive brain activities and an association with a whole host of of uh, experiences with that person to build that sense of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think I, I read something about um, a research done by when a monogamous couple has sex over and over and over again, similar, and it becomes boring, and then you end up having less sex, then your testosterone level goes down, then there's a lot of health issues that actually come with low testosterone. And it's caused by just having a plain, boring, stale sex There's life. no excitement. It I mean... Right. The endorphins get going when you're excited. Yeah. And that's why swingers swing for the excitement. The, yeah. the you way, need adventure. The, yeah. the yes. way the endorphin cycle works, it works on anticipation mm-hmm. of the, the, excitement. The, the excitement. So once we start building uh, scenarios that excite us, we anticipate that excitement. And we're actually bil- uh, ex- uh, releasing dopamine based on a potential of something that's going to happen in the right. future. Yeah. That's why planning swinging dates, you know, you get online, you meet a couple, you plan the date, you're excited already. But you're getting mm-hmm. dressed and your pussy's I dripping. Know, I'm dripping. For just, most people, yeah. planning a vacation is more exciting than the vacation itself. Mm-hmm. Right. There For you that go. very reason. Yeah. Because we future, we, we, we it's benefit like ourselves. It's fantasy, right? Yes. That's right. And yeah. one of the things that Dave and I do is once we do know that we're not going on a swinger date, we make sure we fuck before we leave because all that juiciness and anticipation, we have, can have amazing sex with each other. And then when we get into the swinger event, it's fun, it's exciting, but it's not always the most amazing sex because you're with a new partner. It's a new situation. Sometimes it works out better than others. Um, but I know I've had that amazing sex and I've had that amazing orgasm already. It Good also idea. Helps. I love that. It <laughs> also helps us guys sometimes because if we came not too long ago, we can last a little longer in the saddle. Carol doesn't didn't explain the um, disconnect that we have in our relationship. So if we plan a play date on Saturday, I believe we should have sex Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday. <laughs> yes. Okay, but that's not how she and says it. She says no, the <laughs> same afternoon. But we're still working on uh, resolving that exactly, issue. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, of course, one of the things that we talk about all the time is discussions and open conversation. And I think by the time we get to the end of the book, one of the main points is is that. Um, Individuals and society are going to benefit from talking about, like we said, desire, uh, sex, monogamy, love, uh, masturbation. These are all topics that we need to talk about as a society so that we can communicate with each other. Uh, Brad, I think you mentioned that our brains grew as humans because of the the need for communication. And that's kind of why humans have one of the biggest brains in the animal kingdom. We need to talk frankly between ourselves the difference between love lust limerence uh the you know which is which is an almost obsessive fascination with another person uh and very different than love all of those things and how which ones of those and at what time and in what degree we expect from our partners and at what time we're okay with them expressing them for Others or even fantasy characters. It amazes me how many people get upset when their partner would say they would love to have sex with some unattainable movie star or right, whatever. Right, a celebrity of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Why would you get upset? I know, right? That's just a fantasy. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand why we have to keep rehashing this concept about it's healthy for a relationship to have good communication. It, I know, it seems so obvious, but you know, it's just it, not. It that's is. the thing. And in that conversation, you talk about your wants and needs, not just sexually, food, cleanliness, clothes, children, and sex absolutely has to be part of it. And there's nothing wrong. We spoke to Dr. Justin Laymiller from the Kinsey Institute, who's a world-renowned researcher, and he did a huge study on fantasies. And the number one fantasy out there is threesomes, and then there's group sex. But couples don't bring it up. So the people have these fantasies, they don't talk to their partner about it, and they might go 20 years or forever 
without even bringing it up to their partner who might be having the same fantasy and then you can go out and do something different and add some spice and excitement to your couple or not even you don't have to fulfill the fantasy like even that discussing the fantasy right even discussing the fantasy could raise that yeah, raise that level exactly. that energy with your and partner and opening up don't you feel more close to your partner when you've opened up and you've become vulnerable mm-hmm. and you've uh, shared these kinds of ideas that you have you know we've done 250 episodes we've had 400 guests we have a million listeners and I bet if I go back to all our shows the number one theme and concept that comes up again and again and again is communication be a great communicator be a great listener and just talk to your partner about anything that you want and the other person when you're listening don't immediately say no listen to what your partner has to say I mean it's the the book ends with open discussion in the swinging lifestyle it's all about opening up the discussion about your wants and needs and desires and how do you go about about exploring them and enhancing your couple absolutely a a business coach once told me don't say no say yes and Mm -hmm. yes and present another view right Mm-hmm. Right. Then you've opened it to discussion of two different views. Right. Now. Right. And you guys in your tantric um, classes, uh, play shops, do you guys talk about communication with your oh, partner? Oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, and just understanding basic differences in need fulfillment for each other. Sometimes there's some, we can make generalizations, but we want to know specifically what our partner needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I would not start a massage on a woman by going right for her clit. But I recommend that women start and end the massage on their male partner with the penis. Right. Because as long as he knows you're starting and ending there, all's right with the world, yeah. right? Yeah, I would I say. Hear so you. I hear Different needs. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. I need kisses. I need yeah. passionate kisses mm-hmm. to yes. get everything going. I'm, and I, I love that passion. he needs me to desire him. Right. Mm-hmm. He does not want to initiate all the time. Like, I know my husband very well. I know what he needs. I try to fulfill your needs as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, 97% of the time, it's pretty good. Yeah. That but means that we still have good. stuff to work that's on, okay. right? And that's couples fine. should and always change. work on it. We always it. change. And what I liked was one of, the, one of the last comments in the book that I read was that... Um, Make sex fun. Have fun with it. It's not like your lifelong partnership depends on that moment. Have fun with it. It's not serious stuff. Yeah, this is not the rhythm method. If you're not really just scheduling this for, for child right. bearing, I know, right? <laughs> then then let's plan yeah. fun right. and, pleasure. and then have some unplanned fun uh-huh. too. Right. Some spontaneous yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. We like that spontaneous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, listen, it was a great idea to talk about the book, Kim. I'm really glad you brought it up. I really found this whole discussion very, very interesting. Um, In general, I think we've learned that both men and women are and were at all times promiscuous, and it's actually okay, and that women evolve to have sex with different partners. So, you know, when people are cheating, you you can kind of understand why. It's hardwired in their brains. And, and women have the same, if not more, sexual desire and excitement as men do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. If not more, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And well, that, that, that this monogamous construct called marriage is really constructed. It's not really a natural state from the evidence presented in the book. Of course, there's going to be other people who can dispute that. But I think from even from the Truth About Marriage um, documentary that we watched, it, it's definitely considered uh, a contractual document that controls property basically right who's a fabricated structure meant to create some harmony and in doing so had some unintended consequences (laughs) and I think that misguided that sexual fidelity equals love or true love is something that is still out there Mm -hmm. that you know sexual fidelity means um, I can only love you and and I can't have sex with anybody else. Exactly. <laughs> so that's definitely a frustration yeah. that we've seen in society. And we hope just by discussing that we can get over these kinds of hoops and yeah. barrels. Well, and this stuff. is the Sex at Dawn is a great presentation of that so it that is. you can truly understand. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend 
everyone read it yeah and read it together read with it your and partner. then discuss it yeah your partner it opens up that have. dialogue exactly. that discussion all right guys as usual um the one hour has flown by um we're going to be with you for another couple of days maybe we'll do a couple of other discussions um why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can find you online find out about your workshops our play shops are um you can go to tantrichearts.com and our email is info at tantrichearts.com yeah. and of course if you missed any of this information you just have to go to our website thesexylifestyle.com where all of our guests have their own guest page and all of their information is directly on their guest page thank you so much david yeah thanks love our waterproof blanket yes we do we use it every night and no matter how wet she gets I love that stays dry. Plug for I love our it. waterproof blanket that you can get on amazon thank oh, you did i say that okay anyways every week we're learning more and more from all our expert guests we hope you do too if you have any questions at all you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com and please remember to stay safe and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities wash your hands avoid touching your face practice physical distancing and please wear a mask absolutely all right that is the end of another great show with some amazing guests uh guys Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so thank much. You. And of course, we want to thank all our listeners for being here week in and week out. And you can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and, of course, great sex. And remind you, please stay safe. And, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 